Innovating Cosmos is a growing global community of hands-on and would-be innovators designed to share ideas and resources, to network, collaborate and to innovate, to make the world, through innovating, a far better place for all. Welcome to episode 13 of Innovating Cosmos podcast. I'm Peter Letts. In this series, we've spoken a lot about the growing need to be more innovative, to not only survive, but to thrive. And so it leads us to this question. How does Australia rate in the global innovation stakes? Entrepreneur, advisor, innovator and Innovating Cosmos founder Neville Christie says there are plenty of knockers out there telling us our performance ain't good. But in fact, Neville says, we continue to punch above our weight. Of 196 nations, Australia has the world's 13th largest economy, with a nominal GDP this year of $1.7 trillion. That's 1.7% of the global economy. Not bad, Neville says, for a nation with just one-third of 1% of the world's population. But change is upon us, he warns, faster than ever before, bringing new threats to our businesses and big opportunities too, if we're ready to grasp them. Neville Christie highlights some major trends that will transform our business futures. And he says, we need to get synced or get out. That's blunt. What does he mean? Clearly, at one point, we are all uh, creating our futures for our businesses by our actions day in and day out. But I've identified 10 massive trends that are quite clear, quite emerging now, and they uh, collectively put them together, will be creating our futures. So I'm saying, look, they're so big and so important, we can't ignore them. Uh, we've got to get into sync with them. We've got to pay attention to them by investing some time, our talents, some money, some technology into them. And I'm actually saying that, look, if you don't want to do that, get rid of your business, sell it, get out and do what many early retirees are, going home and using the internet and, and Uber and doing doing a bit of gardening and and creating seven sources of income. Seven sources of income. (laughs) Okay, well, look, 10 big trends. That's quite a lot. lot. Shall we just try to reduce that a little bit, maybe down to five for the purposes of this interview? Well, well, let's do five. Uh, Interestingly, I think Amazon's going to be a massive one. Uh, That's starting next year. The second one is uh, what's been called the fourth industrial revolution. The uh, next one is the whole sharing economy and the Internet of Things the massive restructuring that's occurring and will occur in the services industry, and finally, the rise and rise of the crypto economy and cryptocurrency. So there are five I'd like to talk with with you about. Okay, well, let's start with Amazon. Amazon, yes. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, Look, some people are saying that uh, Amazon will come and, and like, you know, we're already shopped out, so they won't do anything, and I think they're missing the point. Amazon is a juggernaut Uh, in the US. They have 20% of every man, woman, and child as customers. They have 50% of all online businesses, because they are fantastic at getting to know customers, attracting customers, their whole notion of distribution, the product ranges, the price, the quality, absolutely everything about their business model is superior to anything else that's on the market. And my view is that it won't just impact our retailing, it'll impact every single business, uh, distribution, wholesaling, production, manufacturing, importing, wholesaling, the whole uh, logistics, it will open up uh, opportunities for Design. And I, I'm actually saying that I don't care what your business is, whether it's a service business, a product business, ask two questions. What can I learn from Amazon and what could I provide to Amazon in what form? I think those two questions are vital. So 
don't look at it as a threat, but as a real an opportunity. opportunity. Yes, because not only will it change the nature of Australian business, it, it then opens up the possibility of a revamped business, you know, being taken uh, to the United States and to Europe. So. A massive possibility for us, yeah. Okay. Well, second on your list of five, Neville, is the fourth industrial revolution. Yes. Look, we've had three major uh, industrial revolutions since the 18th century. And this one is massive because it's about integration of a whole series of things. It's it's breaking down the barriers between the physical world and the digital world, but it's also breaking down the barriers between the biosciences, the sciences generally, and the social and the mental sciences. So uh, what it's doing is it's breaking down and integrating and challenging virtually every organisation, every industry, every economy, and it's huge. Well, what sorts of things are you really talking about? There's so many, like we're talking about artificial intelligence, robotics, the Internet of Things, um, driverless vehicles, 3D printing, quantum computing, smart machines, nanotechnology, custom-built genome medications, um, new mind sciences, new games, virtual reality. I mean, it just goes on. It's massive. It's mind-boggling. It is so mind-boggling and so wondrous, really, if we get in sync with them. Well, I know um, you and your business partner, Tim Boss, are very active in the sharing economy. So tell us a bit more about that and why that's so important, Neville. Okay, well, I guess the way I read these 200 years odd of capitalism is that it's been very focused on ownership as against, you know, socialism and capitalism, which is much more a different philosophy. Uh, So uh, for us, you know, owning our own home, owning our own car, uh, owning lots of investment properties, owning shares, etc., etc., has been very basic to capitalism and our view of capitalism. What's developing around the world is this notion of of the sharing economy. And if you think about it, alongside of all of our ownership, we've also had massive shared goods like trains and trams and parks and gardens and libraries and swimming pools. So all of these things have been there, but we sort of, we discount them. So it's not a great leap to say that like, you know, I can share my piano, I can share my house through Uber, you know, or share a room. I don't need to have a car that's only used two hours a day. I can let other people use it through Uber or I can have pool sharing and so on. So the whole notion of sharing of things is developing around the world. Um, And of course, it's internet based, you know, you access these through the internet. So you get the internet of things. You say services and service industries are going to be impacted the most by all this. How is that so? The services industries are being restructured incredibly around automation, around robotics, around productizing services, like taking services that were based on selling time and turning them into products so that they can go onto the internet, they can be downloaded, you can sell them 24-7 so you can earn income while you're asleep, they're going global. So if you want a really good example, just come from overseas to Melbourne Airport or any of our airports and find the changes uh, when you have passport control. It's all been automated. Uh, All of that now, you just put your passport in and you get a ticket and it takes your photo and, like, there's no people involved at all. It is happening at a massive rate and anybody who's in the service industry has to take notice and get into sync. Neville, what's all this we're hearing about the uh, crypto economy and cryptocurrencies? Because is this really one big Ponzi scheme? 
destined oh, yeah. for boom and bust and, you know, everybody's going to lose billions? Yes. Look, the uh, crypto economy is at least $150 billion already and it will move to being trillions and trillions and trillions. It's based on a technology called blockchain. This is a distributed, quite complicated technology, but it's massive in its rise. It started with people who were really seeking to bring down the current financial system because of what it did and what it has done, but it's moving now into all sorts of directions. So your first question, is it a Ponzi scheme? Yes, aspects of it are, where people will, you know, it'll rise and they will lose massive amount of money. Uh, there's con men involved, there's 135 million people uh, taken down, but it's maturing very, very rapidly. My argument is this is so key that we cannot ignore it just because at the moment it's pirate territory. You know, start investigating, start taking a position in it and learn. Well, it's all fairly breathtaking, Neville, and it's also quite scary. What do, what do you suggest that uh, businesses should be doing to take on board all these uh, changes that are going on around us? Well, I actually am arguing that the next year, the next 12 months starting in 2018, ought to be a significant time where most businesses, even uh, one-person businesses, should really not take a sabbatical but actually see this as a time of research, review and reinvestment. So the first thing I'm arguing is to spend time reviewing our life and business purpose. Why are we doing it all? Secondly, I'd suggest that we look at at least 10 different ways that we can release our time, our talent, our know-how, and actually some equity, some money. Look at marshalling and changing the nature of old resources ready for new investment. Thirdly, of course, I believe Amazon is vital that we get involved. And there's a guy named Adam, if you Google reliable income, I've got another association with him, but I just like what he's saying. He's an Australian who has sold to Amazon in the US and he's actually offering training about how to get involved in Amazon in Australia. I think he's worth, you know, at least tapping into. My fourth recommendation is that in this coming year, we review our networks, our talent bases, the people we know, and see if we can form new partners, new collaboration. And as part of that, I'm saying reduce the size of your firm to one third and outsource and partner and joint venture, you know, with other people rather than sort of having it all under our own control and ownership. Number five, very importantly, I'm suggesting set up a strategic innovation board. This should be a board of our key people internally, but also some of these people in our broader associational network. And they should be charged with helping us review our purpose, looking at our business model and changing that, looking at the trends that we've been talking about and seeing how we get in sync with those and creating some new innovations. And there's a book, it says here, holding up a copy that nobody could see, <laughs> called The Business Model Navigator. It's a university publication or academics have done it. They've researched something like 300 models that have been used in businesses over the last uh, 50 odd years. They've come up with 55 models that 95% of the most effective businesses are using. So it's a fantastic resource, a copy for everybody, you know, allocate a number of the models, get people to know them, and then around that build a significantly new business model. So I really do see that very important. And finally, I guess crypto, like spend a day a week for three months on the internet 
looking at what's called ICOs, interim coin offerings, uh, look at blockchain, just investigate it. And out of that, you'll see how many new applications, uh, how many new databases emerging, how many new what they call uh, dApps, which are distributed apps, are emerging. It is the future. Please get in sync with it. Innovating Cosmos founder, Neville Christie. Stay tuned as we continue to bring the best and latest on all topics in the big, wide world of innovating. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Letts. Innovating Cosmos is a global community of innovators and would-be innovators who innovate collaboratively to make the world better, richer, healthier and fairer for all.